good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be joining us live on this beautiful day that God has made. Come on in. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's come on in and invite your friends, your families, tag as many people as you can and let them know that we are here for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This? All right. And I have none other than my featured guest today, Angela Bennett. So welcome, 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 Angela. Thank you, Pamela. All right. And so whether you're joining us through uh, YouTube or on my Facebook, private Facebook group, Broken Pieces to Peace, or whether you're joining us on uh, my uh, private Facebook group or any other social media, I want to welcome each and every one of you. And also for those of you who will join us live, welcome, welcome, welcome. So I'm so happy and grateful that you've taken out time out of your day to be with us for episode number 15 of yeah. Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This. So where it is my mission, my goal, my desire to share with the world the crisis or those traumas, right, that God has permitted in our lives. And then those triggers or those defining moments that is or was used to strengthen our faith. And then those triumphs or those victories that we've experienced in our lives to above all glorify God and to help others. And so I have none other than my featured guest today. I am so happy. I'm so honored to have none other than Angela Bennett, who is my very special guest that I am so honored and pleased to have today. So welcome, 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 Angela again. So Angela is an ex-sex worker. So did you hear me? So you heard me, right. An ex-sex worker. She's a domestic violence thriver and a, su a suicide survivor. After, overcome, after overcoming a life full of hardship, trauma, attempted suicides, stints, in the sex industry and the depths of the deepest, darkest depression, Angela decided that it was time to begin the healing journey and dramatically change the narrative of her life. Praise God. She began the path to spiritual and personal growth and began dealing with her inner wounds to become the confident woman that she is today. Praise God. Angela is now a Les Brown certified speaker, a transformational coach, a podcaster, and an author. Angela is a woman who empowers other women to navigate the path to their highest, most spectacular, powerful self. Angela works with women who have forgotten their worth. Come on now. She also works with women who speak their truth. She helps women discover what is holding them back and discovering what they need to move forward with their dreams. Angela also helps women to create powerful new storylines by, by empowering them to navigate the path to their highest, wisest self by bringing a sassy mix 
Did you hear that? A sassy mix. <laughs> a sassy mix of trans transform transfer transformative. Let me get it right. Transformative advice on health, relationships, love, career, and mindset shifting together with a fun girl talk. Okay. She gets real. Angela is a mother of five adult children and a glam mom to a gorgeous granddaughter and lives in the beautiful Sydney, Australia. So welcome, 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 Angela. Thanks, beautiful Pamela. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Okay, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So let me adjust my... Um, let me adjust my volume because I have been having technical difficulties. Okay. Can you hear me okay now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure can. There you go. There you go. All right. So again, thank you so much, Angela, for joining me and, ex and, and accepting the invitation to uh, come and join my platform today. Hey, Grace. Hey, Grace. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, hello. And everybody saying hey. All right. So let's get into it. So, Angela, you know that this is who wouldn't serve a God like this. And so um, we go and we highlight those traumatic things that happen to you in our lives, right? so that we can help others to see how God is working in their lives through all of that traumatic stuff that has happened in our lives, right? And then those triggers where he gets our attention and then the triumph of it all to glorify God and give him the glory, okay? So we know what your bio says. And I first wanna thank you for being, uh, being here today and being willing to share your story and your truth, okay? And so I really appreciate you for, um, for doing that. And I, when we had our conversation, I knew that I had to have you on my show. And so thank you again. So what was that? I would like for you to share with my audience. What was that traumatic thing that happened to you or oh. things in your life? <laughs> Mural. <laughs> wow. Um, <clears throat> thank you for having me on your show, Pamela. It's an honor to be here. And it's an honor to be here, to, to still be alive, to be able to share my story because it is only by the grace of God that I sit here before you today. There are so many times where my life should have ended. Oh. I could have been taken out, should have been taken out. But honestly, by the grace of God, it's the only reason I'm still here. Um, fortunately for me, I had a praying mum and dad. Oh. So I, I truly believe that that's the only reason I'm here. Um, gosh, where to start? I guess growing up in a very, saying that about my praying parents, I grew up in a really very strict God-fearing home and we were taught a lot about the fear of God 
a yes. little bit about the love of him, but I think that in that era there was a lot of fear installed in us and we were very um, restricted in what we were allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did have a few friends and one day I was allowed to go to a friend's place and I ended up being raped by another friend of ours in, in our group. And that sort of started my downward spiral mm. of life. I mean, I was about 14 or 15. I can't quite remember. Okay. Um, and I didn't tell anybody because I, I felt like it was my fault. I shouldn't have been. I shouldn't have put myself in that situation. And it's so common and people don't believe you and so you don't tell anyone. So I lived with that. And then at the age of 16, I couldn't stand being so suppressed and restricted in a home anymore I found the first excuse that I could to leave home and I met a man who was 27. So I'm 16, he's 27. Wow. Yeah, big difference. My parents were not impressed, I can tell you. And on top of that, being in a Christian home, he was a Muslim. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into the different religions, but they're very different. Mm-hmm. And so my and the age gap on top of that. My parents were not impressed, but I ran away, moved in with him, um, felt pregnant, had a baby with him. So I was pregnant at 17. And my gorgeous son is now 27. I'm 45. So it's nice now that I'm older, but at that age it was quite challenging, of course, not, you know, being a baby myself. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after my son was born, I decided I had to leave. The control was so bad there. I was not allowed to uh, call my parents, not allowed to see my friends. I had to cover up from head to toe, basically. Um, I had, I wasn't allowed to go to the corner shop to get a litre of milk because someone might kidnap me. You know, the, the fear and the control was just so out of control. I couldn't cope anymore. And so I did call my mum and she came and picked me up and that just started a whole another level of, him trying to get me back and torment. But nearly 30 years ago, postnatal depression wasn't discussed. And so I thought I was going crazy. I had no idea what was wrong with me, but I was going down such a downward spiral. And it probably started, in hindsight, it probably started after the rape Mm. and was never treated. So maybe it was PTSD that just morphed into postnatal depression, into serious depression I don't know I'm not a clinical psychologist so I can't label it but it was just such a traumatic time of my life emotionally mentally and trying to deal with a baby as well mm-hmm. and I, after leaving my partner he made it very difficult when he realized I wasn't coming back firstborn son in the Lebanese Muslim culture is a, almost a prized possession and so he began to threaten my life if I didn't give my son back to him. So with all this mental stuff going on, my son was about nine months old and eventually I gave in because he threatened to destroy my life. I wasn't coping. I was only 18 at the time. So eventually my son went to live with his dad and I moved in, I moved away into the city and started working a normal nine-to-five job. One of my favourite things, shoes. Got a job in a shoe store, <laughs> like my weakness. Um, but I met this intriguing woman 
who was one of my work colleagues, she was a couple of years older than me, had the same job as me, yet she was so elegant and classy and seemed to have all this money. I'm like, how do you live this lifestyle? What, what do you do that I'm not doing? Eventually she confided in me she was a prostitute. Wow. Yeah, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, pretty woman. We all know that movie. Mm. Julia Roberts meets Richard Gere, gets her off the streets, has this wonderful lifestyle, knight in shining armour. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this maybe this is where I can meet my knight in shining armour. Wow. You know, I look back over my life and I just think I'm always, I was always looking for this man to save me. And the funny thing is no one's coming to save you. If you you want to know who's coming to save you, look in the mirror. That person looking back at you, she's it. He's it. They're the only one. It's no one else. But, you know, at 18, 19, I I was still searching for love, acceptance, belonging, the same things all us humans are, are searching for. I turned my back on God. It was... All I knew about God was this control and fear and, you know, I just thought I've got to make this work for myself. I'll try the prostitution game, the sex industry game and see where that leads me. So I did. I lasted about six months. For me, I tell you once again, mum was praying. It was like God would not let go of my soul. Mm. It, it was like this niggling, you know, not not this isn't right, but there's just so much more. I love you too much to leave you here. Yes. Um, I met some beautiful women. It opened my eyes to the sex industry. For us in Australia, it's legal. So I was in a brothel. I wasn't on the street. That's a very different scene altogether, as you know, may or may not know. Um, but in the brothels, it was a very classy place. We, ha- we had to wear ball gowns. Um, it was very elegant. And the women, a lot of them were there for a reason. They, were, they weren't, they were I mean, obviously they had to make money, but at the root of that, like some of them were putting themselves through college. Some of them were supporting their um, sick loved ones. Some were supporting their children. It was it was very interesting to meet women of this calibre in this industry because a lot of the women are, um, you know, there's a, a mindset around oh, sex workers, drugs, alcohol, and absolutely pimps, all that type of thing. Absolutely, that is part of it. That's one element. But there's also an element of we're human beings as well. We have responsibilities. We have souls. And they're making a living um, anyway, so I got out of that industry. That was my first stint. Got out of the industry, went back into normal life, but hadn't dealt with the mental illness that was occurring. Mm-hmm. Landed a normal job, met somebody else, but I, I couldn't even hold down a job because of my mental instability. Mm. Um, it's so important to deal with what's going on inside to be able to function and make it through to your next level. But it's so hard confronting whatever it is that we're going through. Like it's such a real, raw, um, 
confronting. Like I just can't use another word other than confronting. It's so confronting to be able to do that, to face your demons and yes. to not yeah, and to not run from them, but to go, hey, this is what's going on. Let's get let's get to the bottom of it. It's it's I think it's Les Brown that says you to asking for help is not weak. Asking for help is so you can remain strong. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, yeah, it's so important that you do that. Um, look, another string of just toxic relationships. I was so out of alignment with myself that I attracted men who I allowed to abuse me mentally, emotionally, eventually physically, sometimes sexually. When you don't have boundaries in your own life, you can't give boundaries to someone else. So, yeah, so when you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And so through my life, there was just a a trail of relationships where men, I would, I was like this chameleon and I would morph into what the story I created of what I thought they wanted me to be. To the mm-hmm. point where, in the end, I didn't even know how I liked my eggs, Pamela. Wow. Like, yeah, whatever you like. Oh, yeah, I like that. I don't even know what I like anymore. I don't know who I am. Exactly. Yeah, it's not It's not healthy. And I learned not to speak, not to use my voice. I learned to not speak my truth because that rocked the boat. I lost my power. And when you lose your power and it's not... You don't have to, you, standing in your own power and in your own truth, it's not an ego trip. It's a self-love for yourself and, and boundaries. And when you lose that, you lose yourself. I remember at one stage of my life I ended up marrying, my second marriage, jumping forward a little bit, but I fell pregnant surprisingly and they were twins. Um, so they were number four and five for me. And I just remember my, my husband was an alcoholic and then I started drinking to deal with the environment. And I remember one night, it was so bad in our home. I was so drunk. I was in the shower, huddled in the corner on the floor of my shower with the bottle of poison next to me. And all I could hear was drink it, drink it, drink it. And I was an absolute mess. But there was something that was in me going, there's more for you. This is this always makes me emotional, this, yes. this my story when I look back and reflect at that beautiful, young, messed up woman, so out of balance, so out of love for herself. Um, thank God I didn't drink that poison because my children needed me, even though in that time I was thinking my children would be better off without me. That's such a lie. Absolutely. Such that's, a lie. That's exactly, you know, what the, how the enemy works, right? And so he will have you thinking that you are stuck in that, right? That you are not worth anything, that your worth is that there's no um, no way of return, mm. that there's no comeback. That's how yeah. he works. But God 
you know, turns things around in the midst of it. That mm -hmm. wasn't something that was telling you not to drink that poison. That was the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Because he has so much more in store for you. Yeah. Right. So can you share with our audience? I know that we heard the traumas, right? Mm -hmm. So let's move to the triggers where God was uh, trying to get your attention. Let them know what that looked like. Yeah, wow. Well, the one in the shower, that was definitely a trigger. Mm -hmm. That was definitely a trigger. And I remember not so long ago, my second child, my oldest daughter, she said to me, Mum, around that time, had so I don't know if I might use their names, but my my second my eldest daughter said, sorry, my eldest son said to my eldest daughter, this is where our home environment was so bad. They were probably about maybe eight and eleven, something like that. He said to her, We have to go. We have to run away. I didn't know anything about this. And she told she turned around and said to him, no, I have, we have, I've got to stay because I've got to look after mum. Mm. Yeah, that was, that broke my heart. That took me a long time to get over. And the guilt that came with what I had put my children through, that was, it was so powerful hearing that. That was a trigger for me that just went, this is not okay. Living a life. Yeah, living a life that of victimhood, mm -hmm. living a life where you're not speaking your truth, living a life afraid of speaking your truth by because you'll offend others, not okay. There are people there are people out there that um, that need to hear your story. And for me, when I look back, every time I've, I've attempted suicide three times unfortunately i've been interrupted every time i've been found or praise god yeah honestly praise god they're, they're triggers where it's just like it was not your time every time that you were in that place or my life was threatened by um one of the girls that i worked with and also one of um, my customers <laughs> i have been saved by the grace of god so I look back at times like that and I'm like, I'm only here because of the grace of God. So I have a responsibility Absolutely. to tell my story, to reach out to the women who are in their deepest, darkest depths, who need a helping hand. Our story is someone else's freedom. Absolutely. And these are triggers for me that go, oh, my gosh, wake up snap out of whatever it is that you're feeling sorry for yourself and step into your greatness because someone else is at the depths and the pits where they're holding on by a final string. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's time to get up and it's not time to be quiet. I tell you now, it is not time to be quiet. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a responsibility. And every time I get to share my story, someone will turn around to me and say, I needed to hear that because 
I'm going through this, this and this and I wasn't. Telling your story gives others permission to tell their story or to talk about it. Amen. Amen. And I think keeping your story to yourself and your triggers and the truths is ego. It's pride. It's this is not about me. This is about everyone else and bringing the glory of God because there's no way I would be here without it, without God's glory. I keep saying that. I can't say it enough, but it's just the facts. So I have a responsibility. Absolutely. With his hand, you know, with his hand being on your life, you know, and with, if you didn't have that foundation, right, from your parents instilling those seeds of, of God in you as a child, where would you be, you know? You know, that's a really interesting point because I've thought about that before, but just because you don't have, and I'm really fortunate that I have that, but just because you don't have that foundation, somewhere, somehow, you've met someone along the line, I guarantee there is someone that you don't even know about that is praying for you. Absolutely. I guarantee it. And I love that because we meet people all the time, right, passing in the street, and God speaks to us. God tells us whether we know that person's name or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just how he works because he's, <laughs> He knows what you need. He knows that, you know, you were chosen for a higher purpose. And he knew whose life you would touch. Because I don't know who this interview is for. We don't know who this interview is for. I know that it was uh, designed by God that we meet. And who, who could orchestrate Alabama to Australia? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Exactly. And so, you know, it's a beautiful thing, you know, because somebody needs to hear, you know, that somebody may be in that same situation and not even uh, being able and, and covering up, you know, where they are right now. Yeah. Portraying on the outside that they're living that they are, you know, ha have one situation going on, but living a whole total different lie. Yeah. And so if we could just, if this is just for one person, glory to God. Absolutely. And so with those triggers, you know, because I know that he will send people, he will send, you know, he he's always, it's always a still small voice um telling you in different situations pulling you out of different situations whether it's an abusive situation whether it's whatever it is mm -hmm. it's always two sides of the story he always gives you a choice right you can choose your own path or you can choose the path that he has for you yeah and living in the light opposed to darkness and so Walk us through the end of that. You know what I'm saying? Where God pulled you out of that environment. Hold on. Sorry about that. Where God pulled you out of that environment, right? Mm -hmm. To uh, 
live a life chosen and designed by him. You know, whether, you know, you still going through the process or whether you are living a life for him and knowing that he has a calling on your life. Mm -hmm. To give him the glory through your story. Yeah. Wow. I love that question. Um, Look, for me, I was so... I was so destroyed. The last relationship I had, I nearly literally lost my life. He um, he was strangling me and I, I thought for sure I've taken my last breath. Something in me said, give him that look of what are you doing? Like my child, my daughter was upstairs sleeping. It was about four o'clock in the morning. And I heard this voice, give him that look, what are you doing? And I just gave him this look. And something snapped and he got off me. Wow. And I, I, I believe that that was God who did that to me, who gave that voice to me, who spoke to me, and then it worked and it triggered him to stop and to get off me. Um, and I, just prior to that, I had met a man who had started speaking truth into me and goodness into me and reminded me of who I was and my greatness. Because at that stage, when you're in an abusive relationship, you're so chipped away at, you've got nothing left. Mm -hmm. You don't believe you can do it on your own. You don't believe that you're capable. You don't believe that you're enough. You don't believe that anyone will ever love you again. It's a really hard place to get out of. For me, I met someone and I think he was a godsend, just imparting to me of how smart I am, how intelligent I am, how much I have to offer, how I need to get up and how I need to tell my story. Um, I don't know if that was an angel. I don't know what that was. But that's what made me turn around. And I just had this ability to recognise I can do this and I have a responsibility. So I started, oh, my gosh, I forgot what your question was. (laughs) Bring them back. Bring them through um, where God gets the glory in your story. Oh, yeah, well, I think that was it. But through there, through that, I I started working on my dreams because I've had the same dream for like 26 years of being a speaker, writing my stories, of being an author, working with Les Brown. I first heard Les Brown in 2014 and I finally got to work with him. 2020, I started working with him and then I got to speak on his stage. And so everything that I had planned, well, I believe it was a God-given dream speaking and writing my book which I'm doing at the moment it's taking me a while because it's part of my healing journey so it it brings up a lot of stuff that I then have to work through absolutely yes it is very raw very confronting and it's fabulous so I have a psychologist that I work with at the same time but um doing my life coaching and my transformational coaching was amazing because I I had to work through all of my stuff as well in that journey because you can only take your clients as far as you're prepared to go right absolutely yeah so i've just had these opportunities where i've been able to afford that where um 
I've had the opportunity with working with Les Brown, speaking on his stage and sharing my story and him helping me craft my story. It's it's incredible what God has for you will never leave you. Like it, it will come about. And I've had opportunities like this, speaking on your podcast and other podcasts and writing, um, being a part of um, your Power Voice book with all the other women who are bringing their books together, their stories together in one book. Oh, my gosh. Just incredible things. And when you submit to his plan for you, when you let go of the control, his plan is so much better for us than what our idea of it is. We yeah. think we know what's best, but we don't. We think that we can see what's what's so good, but his plan is bigger, better, wilder than our wildest imagination, right? Absolutely. But yeah. you've got to do the work. You've got to do the work. And so putting yourself out there where it is so vulnerable but letting go of that and working through all of your stuff, your guilt and your shame and allowing God to do the healing in your life as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not like that's the key because you can't do it on your own. No, like you cannot. Absolutely. And like I, I can't do this on my own. I can't have. <sighs> I can't do all this on my own. I can't make something so amazing of myself on my own, in my own power. It takes something that is outside of the human realm to be able to create what's being created. Absolutely. To have, to have these connections that we have, to connect with John Tellerico and Les Brown and like all these people that you and I get to connect with, it's supernatural. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So let me, let me, you said something in your, um, you said something in your speech and I was like, that quote, I don't know. You said something about sleeping with the enemy, sleeping with the one you, what is that? What, what, what did you say? Stop making love to what's killing you. Say that again. Stop making love to what is killing you. What does that mean? Stop laying in bed next to it. Stop embracing it. Stop allowing it. Just stop. It's killing you. Go like whatever your whatever your dreams and your desires are, well, you're in your comfort zone, right? Your comfort zone's not comfortable. It's killing you anyway. Absolutely. Go step out of it and do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. Do what is your destiny do what's destined for you and created for you because you are so unique that no one else can do what is given to you to do absolutely align yourself with your purpose not with not not with what is not your purpose absolutely absolutely and just go if you go in alignment with with the gifts and the talents that God has given you and in the direction that he is, um, that he is directing for your life, opposed to being rebellious and doing things our way, because it's nothing but darkness and hurt and pain mm -hmm. in that direction. Mm -hmm. But God 
All he wants us is to get our attention so that he can save our soul. At the end of the day, he wants us to live in a life of abundance and a life uh, designed by him so that we can be a light to other people and to be able to help them to go to the next level or to be able to pull them out of their dark places to so that they can be able to live a life of peace in him. And so I know that I, you know, that he, how I pour myself into him to his, through his word, pour myself into his word so that I can hear his voice. And that's how we build that relationship with him, right? Opposed to putting our trust in man, because the word says, Man will fail you, not sometime, but every time. Every time. And God is a God that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. And he will give you that security that you need. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. Reminds, that reminds me of that, um, that poem, Footprints in the Sand. Do you remember that? It's, it's talking the poem, about... The poem for what now? It's called Footprints in the Sand. Absolutely. It, yeah, you know, there's always two sets of footprints. And Absolutely. When you look back, there's only one and, and you're like, oh, well, you must have abandoned me. And God goes, uh-uh, uh-uh. That, they're the moments I carried you. Yes. Christ. Yes. It's so beautiful. He doesn't yes. leave us. He doesn't. It might feel like he does. Absolutely. At times. But he doesn't. He never, he never leave or forsake you. Absolutely. And when you're in those um, traumatic, uh, when you're in your traumatic mess, right, that we go through in our lives, he just wants to get your attention. Mm. That's it. <laughs> yes. He just wants to get your attention, and he don't want you to rely on anybody but him because he is a jealous God. He is a jealous God and he wants that. He wants that place in your heart. Right? Yeah. And so this has been beautiful. This has been beautiful. Do you have uh, anything else that you want to share with our audience? Yes, yes absolutely. Um. I just remembered that saying, there's no power within. No, 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 sorry, sorry. But there's no enemy within and there's no, the enemy outside can't hurt you. And to me, I take that as if you're holding on to stuff, if you've got secrets, you can't, be, you can't live a life of liberty. And so when I had the, the, the opportunity to share my story, it was so terrifying to share that and to speak that sure. out. Sure, absolutely. But now it has no power. My story has it has power for the ears that need to hear it at the time that they need to hear it, when they're ready to hear it. Absolutely. But it has no power over me. Absolutely. And it is the most empowering and the most liberating experience to be free of the guilt and the shame and the regret of being in the sex industry, of being 
um, in abusive relationships. My, I didn't grow up in an environment like that. Absolutely. And thinking to myself, how did I end up here? How does someone like me end up here? It can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. But letting go of that, um, the fear and the power that that story holds by holding it in is so powerful. And there's another, there's a song I've been listening to. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but the words are, it looks like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Mm. And it's so, I've, I've had that song on repeat. I can't get that out of my head. Mm. Oh God, every time I feel like I'm run down or I'm surrounded by enemies or whatever it is, I just go, uh-uh. I am surrounded by you. You are so much bigger than whatever I feel is surrounding me. You are so much bigger and you've got this. Absolutely. 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 And we know that, you know, we give God in the glory from our story, right? Because in my five in my favorite book, it says your trials come to make you strong. And sometimes we're like, Lord. I don't know if I want to be any stronger, <laughs> right? And so, but it's a beautiful thing when you're on the other side, you know, yeah. when you're out of that. And I'm just grateful and I'm grateful for the trials and tribulations that he's allowed in our lives mm-hmm. so that we can turn back and help somebody else because it's not about us. No. It's about all the hundreds or thousands of people that are waiting to hear your story and how mm-hmm. how to make it over, how to get out of where they are into a life of peace. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like, so good. Absolutely. It's, it's like when Les Brown says, you're either going through something, coming out of something, or about to go into something. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, the, um, that's the wheel of life. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the will of life. And so, but I am so grateful to have had you join me today. And um, you have an event coming up. Do you have an event coming up? Mm, it's been put on hold probably till next year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to uh, promote your book? Anything? And if they, if how do how how do people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with Angela Bennett? Sure. So you can go to my website, angieb.com.au, or Instagram, angieb underscore transformations. I do have a book coming out. Very exciting. It's not quite finished writing yet. It should be finished by mid-November. Yay! And I am excited. I'm excited and can't wait. Can't wait. And so if you want to get in touch with Angela Angela Bennett, then all of her contact information will be at the top of the links, okay, on Facebook and on YouTube and on the social media uh, uh, platforms. And so, Angela, before I let you go, I have three questions that I ask all of my guests at the end of the interview. Are you ready? I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. Okay. So the first question is, what are you most grateful for? 
Oh, oh, um, breath in my lungs today and my children and granddaughter. Amen. Good answer. Good answer. The second question is, what is your definition of peace? Wow. My definition of peace, that is a great question. And that even just hearing that just brought peace to me. Um, my definition of peace is knowing, you know, when I look back over my life, when I go through something, I can look back over my life and go, you know what, I've done this before. I've been through, it might not be exactly the same thing, but I've been through stuff before. I've come out the other side. I'm still standing. I've got this. So the fact that I can lay my stuff at the foot of the cross Amen. and go, God, I need you. I know I can do this again. This hurts, man. This hurts and I don't want to do it. But you've got me. You'll, you'll hold me. That brings me peace because I know I don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. Having a Father in heaven that loves us the way he does. Oh, my gosh, Pamela. Amen. You, yeah, that's my peace. Amen. Amen. Great answer. Great answer. And the last question is, you know, my show is Broken Pieces. Not my show, my uh, private, I have a private Facebook group that's called Broken Pieces to Peace. Okay. So I want you to share with my audience, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you do to maintain your sense of peace, whether it's daily rituals, uh, what are some of the things that you would like to recommend or share with our audience today? Mm -hmm. Things that will help them get on the path to letting go of their broken pieces and put them on a path of moving forward in their life of peace. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. For me, I love, I love a bath. I love the ocean. Mm. Salt water tears salt water the ocean um it, it cleanses everything so for me i swim almost all year round i don't care what the temperature is i go in um and i have this saying to myself oh, i just wash you off my skin it sounds i've never told anybody that but now you all know okay um, <laughs> um i guess Taking time for you, turn off your mobile phone. Taking time for you, really making time for you and sitting with, you know, emotions are made to be felt. Feelings are made to be felt. So whether it's sadness, anger, grief, happiness, joy, whatever, love, whatever it is, they're made to be felt and be okay with not being okay, but also be okay to reach out and go, I need help if you need it. But Sitting with those emotions and those feelings and working through them because if you're trying to fight stuff and you're incongruent in what's going on, you're not going to have any peace. And often at the bottom, say, for example, of anger is grief, right? So if you sit with your anger, anger is an amazing emotion. Exactly. I'm, I'm a bit sideways, but anger is an amazing emotion because generally after that is 
major power when you figure out what it is that you're so angry about and when it's dealt with and handled in the right way in a controlled manner, powerful. Um, but dealing with your, your feelings and your emotions allows and breathing through them, breath is so important, brings you peace. Like if you just stop and take three deep breaths, amazing What how your body and everything inside you will calm down. Mm-hmm. So water, water is amazing for me, whether it's a bath or the ocean and breathing. And just be true to you. Don't hold back with what you've got. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic answer. Fantastic answer. Well, that concludes another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This with my special guest, Angela Bennett. So thank you so much. This has been an amazing, amazing testimony, an amazing time with you that we have spent, Angela. And so I want to thank you once again for accepting the invitation to come and share uh, my platform with you, with me, with us, and being able to be transparent and share your uh, testimony with my audience today. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Pamela. It's my honor to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. So I definitely want to invite you all back in the morning if it's the Lord's will, wherever you may be joining us for where we read the entire Bible in 365 days. I thank you, thank each and every one of you for joining me for another episode, for joining us for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This? Now, make sure you join us in the morning, afternoon, or evening, tomorrow, same time, 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, 7 a.m., Eastern Standard Time, 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're in Australia, I don't know what time that is. What time is that, Angela? In Australia? Uh, right now? What time is it there now? Right now, it is 11 a.m. 11 a.m., but it's Thursday there. Oh. So you are a whole day ahead of us. I'm in your future, baby. Look at God. Look at God. Nobody could do that but God. Nobody, nobody. He's such an amazing God. And so make sure you join us. Love, like, and share. Click that uh, reminder button so that you'll know each and every time that I go live. And I look forward to seeing you next week as I will have another amazing guest on Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This. Thank you all so much again for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you in the morning. I speak blessings, peace, prosperity, love, joy, and peace, and good health, great health on you and your family as you go throughout this day. Bye for now. Thank you.